Hello, hello, hello. God bless you all. My name is I'm Unique, and I'm here to share some words that God put in my heart. Today, listen, I want to talk about hope. Uh, I haven't been on here in a while, so thank you all who have listened to the previous podcast, the previous things that God has spoken to me and just dealt with me about. I thank you all for the support. Those of you who are from YouTube or wherever you're from, whatever angle uh, the Lord has just led you to this place, I thank you for just coming and listening and hearing, you know. Today, um, God, I want to talk about hope, hope, H-O-P-E, hope. Um, the Lord was dealing with me about my hope just a moment ago. He was leading me through, teaching me through some scripture about hope. And it made me really like reflect on my journey as a believer. Um, because it's like, we're always hoping for something, whether subconsciously or consciously, you know, some of us hope for better circumstances. Some of us hope for a better relationship or just for God to move in a certain way in our life. Some of us for hope are hoping for maybe um, new relationships or maybe hoping for present relationships to change or shift or hoping for somebody that we love to be saved or hoping for a financial breakthrough or hoping for our business to do better, hoping, 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 hoping for something. And so um, I wanted to like I went and digged a little deeper by the grace of God into what hope actually is. Um, what biblical hope is as opposed to what kind of the world would say that hope is uh, because I believe that the world when I say the world just the culture and the way uh, people who aren't necessarily Christians um, the way that 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 that, um, sector of people view hope Um, because as Christians we can Though we are Christians, though we believe in Jesus Christ and we live for him and we serve him, sometimes our faith, we can allow our faith to be infiltrated or affected by the culture and and how the culture thinks and how the culture um, lives, if you will. Like, you know, we talk about being lukewarm as Christians, a lukewarm Christian, and we think about this person who's not on fire for God, who's not doing anything for God, who isn't like fully sold out to the Lord Jesus. And, you know, that is true. And, you know, there's evidence of that. Of course, sometimes it comes through the form of apathy and not doing things of God and not being excited and enthusiastic uh, for the things of God. But once again, please excuse my voice. It may go in and out. But Um, Not only could we be lukewarm as it pertains to like ministry things and what we do and don't do for the Lord or just having enthusiasm for the things of God, but lukewarmness can also seep into our um, just how we believe, if that makes sense. Yes, we know who we believe in. We know we believe in Jesus Christ. He's the son of God that he died for our sins. But when it comes to like other things like hope, like, how are you actually hoping? What are you actually hoping for? You know what I'm saying? Like, let me, let me, I'm going to break it down, of course. For instance, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm a Christian, I profess, I openly confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and that's, you know, what I believe, who I believe in, etc. 
I could be hoping for things that aren't in the will of God. I could be hoping for things that God never said in his word that he's promised to me. You know what I'm saying? I could be hoping um, for circumstances that God has never ordained for my life. And I want to shift a little bit and talk about how social media um, and covetousness can really affect our hope. It can really damage our hopes, our hope, what we're hoping in, what we're hoping for, what we're expecting in our life. It's like, I'm going to just be honest, like when I'm scrolling on social media, um, there are times where I'm like looking at other people's lives and there's a promise of God over my life. And I could see somebody else living in the fulfillment of that promise in the way that God has set up for their life. Like, you know what I'm saying? God could have promised. This is hypothetically. I'm not going to give specific examples or real life examples from my life, but just hypothetically speaking, God could have promised me um, a new business. He could have given me a vision for this business and and shown me that this is going to happen, that is going to happen, and how to build it and what to do with it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm hopeful. I'm doing the work. I'm like, Lord, you're going to come through, hoping for the favor, hoping for the open doors. And then I get on social media. And I can see somebody else who has a similar business, who's operating in that business, who's having maybe success in that business. So then what I'm hoping for is is being affected by what I see. Man, help me, Lord. The word of God says in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, that faith is the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. So faith is something that doesn't exist physically yet, but it exists in the spiritual realm. It exists in the unseen world. It exists in your mind. It exists in your imagination. It exists in a dream that God gave you. So people around you may not see it. It may not have come to pass in the in the physical world, but it exists. And it exists not because it's something. It exists not because it's something that you made up in your mind or that somebody just told you is going to happen, but it's something that God has made up in his mind is something that the mind of God has invited you into. It's something that God has made up his mind about. Not something that we are conjuring up and we are just piecing together and trying to force and make happen and manifest and all this stuff. Because and, and there's a distinction there and there needs to be a distinction because when there are things that we're hoping for, um, that aren't on God's mind, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment and for doing unnecessary things, for wasting our time, wasting our lives, wasting our virtue, wasting our hope on something that God has not even ordained, God is not even thinking about. But let me get Southern right quick. But best believe if God then told you something, 
if something is on God's mind, if God's mind is made up about something and you know that you know that you know that God has told you this or shown you this, there is no wavering in your faith. You won't have any sense of being moved or shaken by what's going on around you, by what people are saying, by even what your own mind is saying to you. Because God is the king. God is ruler. God is Lord of Lord, King of Kings. And I did some research on, by the grace of God, about like what a king is, because you hear that king of kings and uh, some stuff we just really don't be knowing. We just be saying as Christians, I'm learning that, you know, we just go in with the flow. We just go in with <laughs> the Christian culture. Like, but I looked up king and what makes a king a king is, or one aspect of, of a king is that when a king makes a decree or makes a law or makes or says that something needs to be done or something is to be done, there's no arguing. There's no voting on it. There's no, like in the United States, you know, we vote for our president and there are different laws that are trying to be passed and legislation that's, that's to be passed, but we get to vote on it. We get to have a say-so where different congressmen or people who are in the cabinet help to make decisions and, you know, all this stuff. But when a king, in a king, like in a kingdom, when a king says something, nobody has an opinion. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what the the council around the king says. It is what it is. It's happening regardless. That's what a king, that, that's what it means to be a king or to be under the lordship of a king, under the rulership of a king. And we're in the kingdom of God, right? So to that, um, when God says something, when Jesus Christ has spoken something over your life through the word of God, through a prophetic vision or dream that you know came from God, through maybe a, a prophetess or a prophet, a person, a woman, a man of God who's spoken into your life, who you know is living righteously and has a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because, you know, you can't receive stuff from everybody. Or, like I said, you receive something directly from the word of God, you know. Then, excuse me, you can take that to the bank, quote unquote, as my um, previous pastor's wife would say, you can take that to the bank. Because nothing can stand against what God has spoken. And so to go back to my main focus of this podcast and to talk about hope, hope, hope. As Christians, our hope has to be founded upon Jesus Christ, God, God's word and nothing else. But as I was saying a little bit earlier about social media and how we can allow certain things in the world or certain things around us to affect our hope. We have to be careful 
that we're not allowing what we see, especially I say on social media, because this is the time we in. Like we spend more time on social media than well, I'm gonna say not everybody, but I would say the average person in today's world, especially in the Western society, Western civilization, spend we spend more time on social media than we do engaging in person with people. I would personally believe that. I haven't done the research, you know, so it's not necessarily valid information. But that's just with my observation and seeing how society is now. Like, in person, in my personal experience, I spend way more time on social media interacting with people than I do phys- publicly engaging with people, you know, apart from work and church. But those things, like, you know, going to church, I've been time in church for like a few hours a day, um, a few times a week. And so. But on social media, it's like I can scroll for, you know, any time of the day and engage with people from all. Anyways, that's beside the point. My point is that when you're scrolling and you're, you're exposing your eyesight to and your ears to all these different things that are happening, what is going on in other people's lives, what God may be doing in another person's life, how God is doing something in somebody else's life then it can kind of pervert the vision or the word that God has given you or given me or given us if we're not careful. And pervert, when I say pervert, I don't mean anything, nothing has to do with sexual things. I mean, it can affect the image or the vision of what God has promised you. It can alter it. It can make it impure. The Bible talks about in the book of James, I believe, chapter one or two, I believe it's chapter two, about how God, when wisdom comes from God, it is first pure. It is pure. And to, and to be pure means that it's untampered with. It's not affected by anything else. Like you have pure water. That means that this water has been retrieved from a source and there's been nothing else that's been put in it. pure you haven't mixed any chemicals or genetically modified anything it is directly from the source it's not bothered with it's not mixed with other things it's not mixed with any other ingredients pure olive oil for instance it doesn't have other added <clears throat> excuse me additives it doesn't have other like substances in it. It's just pure. It's, it is it is exactly what it's like what it what it is. And I believe that as believers we have to make sure that whatever we're hoping for from the Lord is pure, is directly from God and not from anywhere else, any other source, any other person. Because when we allow something else to make what we're believing and hoping for impure, then we could try to start doing, manipulating God's plan and doing things to try to make it happen how we think it should happen or make it happen the way we, somebody else thinks it should happen instead of letting the word of God 
be what we depend on and the presence and the spirit of God be what we depend on. Excuse me for the background noise. And that's dangerous. That's a dangerous place to be because you might end up compromising. You may end up actually delaying what God wants to do because you're trying to do it your way, the way you think. And you could become discouraged. Worst of all, discouraged instead of instead of encouraged and hopeful because you're thinking it has to happen this way or by this time or with this person or with this company or through this platform or through this church or through this pastor or through this person or through this like we have this idea we when we're when our what we're hoping for isn't pure and directly from God it, it can lead to broken faith. It can lead to broken trust in God. It can lead to bitterness. It can lead to lead to sorrow because you're like, dang, I thought it was going to happen like this. I thought it was going to happen like that. Or I thought it was going to be this person. I thought it was going to be by this year. And don't get me wrong. God can't speak. Excuse my voice. It's like I said, it's just holding on, y'all. But don't get me wrong. God himself, he can give you a timeline. He can give you a specific date. He can tell you it's a specific person, place, or whatever. He can tell you that. He can give you that. But if he hasn't given you that, if he hasn't told you the time, the place, the person, the, the whatever then don't try to make don't try to like make it your own don't try to say that God said this or this is what when it hasn't come from God because then it's like if it don't happen it's like you looking crazy like and then you get up mad at God but God is like I ain't never said that I never told you to do that you know what I'm saying And I keep, like, reverting away from, like, diverting from the topic of social media and how that damages our hope. But, um, like I was saying about the business example earlier, um, if you're not careful, like, once again, like, if God has promised me, say he promised me that he's going to give me a successful uh, just hypothetically speaking, um, pillow business. He's going to help me to sell pillows. And he's gave me the vision. He's shown me how it's going to look, how it's going to flow. And then I get on Instagram or somewhere, TikTok, and I see somebody else who started a pillow business. So now I'm thinking like, dang, I'm getting discouraged. Lee. So does that mean my business is not going to take off? Because theirs is taking off. Does that mean I'm behind because theirs is already taking off? So that means I'm late. That means it's just taking too long. 
then so you try to rush and now you're trying to hurry up and make it happen you see what i'm saying like stuff can affect our hope when our hope is defiled and perverted with things that aren't from things that that we shouldn't even be worried about like it throws us off on our journey if you're hoping you know for marriage or a spouse or something and you get on Instagram and you see or social media anywhere and you see all these other people getting married but it's like I'm not getting married so like dang is something wrong with me is I god am I not really going to did you did you really say I was going to get married am I going to get married or not like what do you mean like so all these thoughts of doubt start to fill your mind because you've allowed what you've seen to affect your hope but when your hope is secure in what God has said, it doesn't matter how many people around you get married. It doesn't matter how many people, how young or old the people around you are getting married. You're like, God, well, you said it. So congratulations for them. That's good for them. But I'm still, I know what you said to me. I know what you spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? God, I know you promised me that my family is going to be saved. I see that this person, this family members, they got their family saved, this person. They don't mean that you're not going to save my family. It's just you said they're going to be saved, so I, I still, I'm, still, I'm still good. I'm not wavering. I'm not discouraged. I'm not hopeless. I'm not jealous-hearted. I'm not coveting what somebody else has because I already got a word from the Lord. I don't have to covet somebody else's business taking off or being successful because I already have a business though it's not manifest in the physical yet if God has said it then it already exists oh my goodness I hope y'all know what I'm saying because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So I see that person's house. God has promised me a house and land and all this stuff. And this person has their house and land. But just because mine doesn't exist in the physical doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that I need to get jealous or discouraged or whatever because somebody else is, is already happening for somebody else. So my main premise is that we have to make sure that our hope is remaining pure and that our hope comes only from God and not from anyone else or not from anything else. And that we're not creating these false hopes just because it's something that everyone else is doing or receiving from God. If you haven't received a word from God about a particular thing it's not wise for you to hope it put your hope in it and to be expecting that to happen in your life if God never said it's gonna happen because then when it doesn't it's gonna lead to disappointment or if it doesn't have start happening you're gonna try to start making it happen and then that's a whole nother subject of what you try to Abraham and Sarah God told Abraham they they was gonna have a baby 
but they was like wavering because it was taking too long because they was old. So it was like, God, ain't no way it's gonna happen. Like, we need to hurry. Like, come on. Like, they was trying to help God. They were trying to do it in their own way because they didn't trust God fully. They allowed their circumstances to determine what they believe as opposed to God, what God said to determine what they believe. And I ain't saying, no, I'm not um, knocking Abraham and Sarah. Because I get it. It makes sense. If we 90-something years old, you telling us we're going to have a kid. Like, what the heck do you mean? Like, of course. So, I, and, and that even speaks to how, like, excuse me. That even speaks to how God will me, God will use particular, he will give us a word, a promise that totally contradicts our current surroundings so that our faith has a chance to grow, so that we have to move in faith, so that we have to depend on him. God could promise you a business, successful business, in the middle of your bankruptcy. God could promise you a happy, blessed marriage when you're just coming out of a toxic relationship and a toxic breakup. God could promise you that you're gonna have properties and lands while you're in the while you're going through homelessness. God can promise you health, physical health, and prosperity while you're in the middle of going through cancer or a fatal, seemingly fatal disease. God can promise you that you're going to be restored fully when you've just lost everything. You know what I'm saying? That's the power of God. He can do that. And I'm not saying God try to play mind games. Like, God ain't petty like that. But he will do speak to us when we have everything to, every reason to not believe, to test our faith. And sometimes to show us where our faith is. Like, you know. But nonetheless, we shouldn't be careful. We should be careful that we're not putting our hope in something that God never said. And we have to be careful when we say God said or God told me. Unless God, you know, really, really, really did tell you. And when God does give you a promise or a word, there will be uncertainty that comes into your mind. There will be, you know, your own carnal thoughts that are like, 
what do you mean this is gonna happen? I just had this now. I don't have this. I don't have, you know, those thoughts of lack and doubt will come into your mind. But that's where faith comes in and trust, trusting God, relationship with God. Wisdom of God. You got to have wisdom to even know what to do while you're waiting on the promise to come to pass. Man. If you don't have wisdom, you could be starting it before God told you to start it or, or seeking it or starting to do something out of the order that God wants you to do it. For instance, God told you to start. God told you about the business. They don't mean just go out and announce it to everybody and start advertising first. But when you have the wisdom of God, He'll tell you, "All right, go and do some research. Go and get this done. Go and set this up legally. Go and make sure this is taken care of." There is still there's a process, you know, to what God God is a God of order, decency and order, as the Scripture says. He does things that he promises us things that doesn't make sense. And sometimes he'll do it in a way that doesn't make sense to us. But there are some things that require the wisdom of God. And sometimes God's wisdom won't sound like man's wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Like, God told you you're going to get a business, for instance. Your first idea, okay, I need to get LLC. I need to get this set up legally. But God, when you have a relationship with the Lord, he could tell you, go um, to Starbucks on this street after you get off work today. And then when you get there, when, you, when you're obedient to that word from God, to that instruction, you go to Starbucks and there's a person there who already has the business set up and they're going to sell you the business so you don't have to go through the legal stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? God can move in mysterious ways, ways that are non-conventional. So it's important to also have the wisdom of God when you're hoping for something. God promised you a spouse. Everybody, all your friends might be on Tinder or Christian meet or I don't know this. What is it? Christian Mingle? Something? I don't know. Never done that, really. Um, <laughs> but all your friends on there looking for their spouse and going on all these dates and sliding to people DMs. But God can tell you. God can have you in the season of developing yourself and you're just obeying the voice of God. And you go to this conference that God told you to go to to better yourself. And now you met your spouse there. Instead of trying to do it in your own way, you know what I'm saying? So obeying the voice of God is more important too than trying to make the promise happen in your own ability. Trying to make what you're hoping for happen in your own strength and wisdom. Everything has to be relying upon God. We can't be out here like, Trying to manipulate the will and plan of God. 
Now, if God told you to do something, do it. You know, I'm not saying delay, but let your hope be pure. Don't let it be because of what somebody else said. Don't be hoping to get married and have 20 children just because it's what your parents want you to do. Don't be hoping to get into a college program just because it's what your family's always done or this is what your mom and dad think you should do. When God has called you to a total diff- totally different like sector of influence or whatever. I want to read the scripture and then I'm going to go. <sighs> this was good. I had to let that out, y'all. Um, Romans 15 and 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 and 13. Amen, y'all. God is the source of our hope. It says fill you completely with joy and peace. When you're hoping, when your hope comes from God and God alone, you will be filled with, he says, completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. When you have a word from the Lord, when you have a promise from God, when you got a vision from the Lord, when you receive it, you got so much peace and joy in your heart. You're excited. You're full of expectation. Then nobody can tell you <laughs> in the most respectful way. I'm not saying you out here proud and haughty. But it's like a sense of joy you get and fulfillment and peace you have. Excuse me. Because you trust in him, the word of God says. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Confident hope. So if he says confident hope, that means that there's a possibility that your hope could be insecure. Like we was talking about, like, is your hope insecure? (laughs) Is your hope shifty? And if it is, it's because you haven't placed all your hope in God. Your hope has come from a different source, is in a different source. Yourself, other people, the world. What social media is saying, what the world news is saying, when your hope is in God alone, he says you're overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Powerful. There was a, um, I'm really like, this is a testimony I want to share and then, yeah, wrap it up. Um, when I was back in Louisiana, like a year, and probably this was probably two years ago, 
I was trying to discover what I was going to go to get my master's degree in. Um, I was living with my parents and, you know, I grew up in a household where education is, is it wasn't like forced, but it was kind of like insinuated that you need to go to school or do something with your life pretty much. Like basically, you know, um, and so, and I was a very driven and I like a person, I still am. And I like education and I like, it brought me a sense of security, like having degrees and stuff. It was like, okay, you have a better chance at survival in this society. You can make more money. You know, you do your research and you have all these ideas about why you want to be a doctor or why you want to be this or that profession. And typically it's because it seems like it'll give you a sense of security. It'll give you, make you make you a lot of money, you have a stability, you know, that's typically our reason for um, picking the careers that we pick and going down the paths that we go down, because we're looking for what's going to make me happy, what's going to make me the most money, what's going to make me the most famous, like, there's always an underlying motive as to why we choose the life that we choose, typically, you know, but anywho, I was trying to, I was, long story short, I had enrolled in a program, a master's program at a college and to get a master's degree so I could become a a therapist. <laughs> and I mean, I was really like stressing myself out. Um, I had a relationship with the, the Lord. It wasn't as deep as it is, as, as strong as it is now, rather. Um, but I was like so determined in my flesh to get this degree and to become this person because that's what I was exposed to. Some of the people I looked up to, they were encouraging me to go get my master's in this and they were telling me all the stuff you could do with this master's and and they had their and all this and, and I was like okay well this sounds like the most reasonable thing to do so I was going for it but when I got there into the program I did the application did all the work I needed to get in, got everybody's validation, got, you know, posted the, the post, you know, you make a post and you got accepted and you make all this stuff. I did all that and got into the program and saw that I didn't have any joy or peace while being in it. I had, like, it was the most, it wasn't just the boring, it was, like, so unfulfilling. And I knew within my spirit that I was not where I was supposed to be. I knew deep down, I was like, man, this is not it. And so I really wrestled with surrendering that to God because, like I said, I told everybody, I told my parents, they're helping me supporting me through the journey. And I was just like, imagine going and telling them that I quit the program. You know, all of these thoughts going through my mind, but I knew that's not what God called me to do. God, and when, and you know, some people say, God told me to leave this or God, God told me like, and how I knew because God wasn't supporting me in that. You know, sometimes God doesn't say leave, but don't go to this school. You'll feel a lack of God's presence. But when God is supportive of something, you will feel God's backing. I can't explain it. I'm not talking about feelings, like like in your flesh. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit 
affirmation, validation, angelic assistance, favor. You will have all you experience all these things on the journey, even though you may not have everybody's support, even though you may be looking crazy. So anyway, I left the program and I ended up moving. There's a lot that happened in between then, but for the sake of time, I'll just skip through. But I ended up moving to a different place, moved to a different city, state, and following the voice of God to this unknown territory. And I didn't have the support of many people. In fact, I had way less support because everybody was, well, the people who were kind of mentoring me, my parents and different people, they were giving me wisdom and, you know, just reasonable wisdom and stuff that makes sense. Like, yeah, you don't have a job lined up, you don't have this line. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> I'm out here on mere faith. And so, anyway, I took the journey, and it was very, very challenging in the natural. But just the peace and the affirmation that I received from the Lord as I was obeying him was unmerited. Like, it was just so worth it. My hope was in him, in him alone. I didn't have any other options. I didn't have any other way out. I didn't have any, like, it was, it was like, God, you're all I'm depending on. And I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing with my life. I'm not in, you know, I don't have the education I thought I would have. I don't have the career I thought I'd have. I don't have the relationships I thought I'd have at this point in my life. But I have the affirmation of God and I have the support of the Lord. And no, it's not easy all the time, but I'm just sharing a testimony to show you that when you trust in God, when you put your hope in him and don't let your hope waver because of what other people say or because of what other people think you should be doing or because of what other people are doing with their lives. Of course, all my peers, we're in our 20s, mid-20s. Everybody going to get their master's degree, you know. So that's what was going on around me. But I had to make up in my mind that I wasn't going to allow what was going on around me to alter what God was speaking to me and what God was doing in me. It was like I had such a knowing, like, this ain't it. Like, it's something different, like something more. There's a calling. I had these encounters with the Lord, and I would leave my parents' house like late at night or I'd be like, I'm going to the store <laughs> and I would go with my car and go to different places and sit in my car and worship. And I would just encounter the presence of God. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is just so amazing. And I would go back to my normal life and I'd be like, this is so miserable. Like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really fulfilled because I wasn't in the will of God. But once I surrendered to the will of God, the fulfillment, the joy and everything came. I'm not saying that everything, the circumstances weren't perfect. Everything wasn't lining up the way, like perfectly, the way that I thought thought they should. It wasn't a comfortable walk in, in my flesh, but my spirit was so freaking full. Like I was literally glowing. I feel like I was walking on a cloud when I started obeying the voice of God and I got to the places he told me to go and started doing the things he told me to do. It was so hard in the natural, so much resistance. But when you have God's backing, 
Lord have mercy. When God has spoken something that is to be over your life, nothing can stand against it. No one or nothing can. You have to participate in it. Now, I'm not saying it's just going to fall out of the sky. But once you're in agreement with, with God, And you start to move on the word of God and take steps of faith because you have full hope and assurance in what God said, then nothing can stand against you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. All things work together for your good. God will restore you, redeem you. When you're in agreement with God and nobody else, I ain't saying don't be in agreement with nobody. But you can't agree with people in, in prayer and concerning certain things if it's the will of God. But yeah, don't let anything infiltrate your hope. Don't let anything, anyone or anything pervert your hope. Only hope in God. Even Jesus said it. Hope in God. Oh, no, he said, believe in God. Believe also in me. (laughs) But when the hope is from God, you're going to overflow with peace and joy. You're hoping in something that you're hoping in God alone. You won't be you won't be all depressed. And I'm not saying you won't get attacked. There won't be trials, but you have this unshakable joy and peace. It's like. I know what God said. Like, I don't care what's going on. I still know what God, I still believe. Amen. All right. Well, that's really all I wanted to share. I had to get that out. Because as soon as I saw the scripture this morning, and the Lord was taking me through that, I was like, man, like, I got to release this before it get away from me. But um, I thank y'all for listening. I really, really hate hope. <laughs> hope that this helped who it was who it was for, and that, is, that this was a blessing to you all. Um, I pray that your hope is purified, and that anything that you've been placing false hope in, that God open your eyes to it, and that you're able to trust Him fully and hope only in Him. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so once again, my name is I'm Unique. Um, I'm a child of God, (laughs) vocalist, worshiper, author. I am that I am. (laughs) If you want to, I don't know how you found your way to this podcast, but if you would like to continue kind of following this ministry, if you will, and what God is doing in and through this vessel. <laughs> you can follow me on social media at I'm Unique Devon. It's I'm Unique. I M U N I Q U E Devon. No space. D E V O I N. And I'm on all just about every social media platform. Um, so if you want to kind of keep up or check in, that's how you can do it. Um, I thank God for you. And I pray this word 
and follows you, you know. In Jesus' name. Alrighty. Take care. Until next time.